I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. I'm honored to welcome co-authors of a letter to Mark Zuckerberg, um, who were concerned about the state of disinformation and bigotry on social platforms, specifically Facebook. I'm delighted to welcome three pioneers in research who were funded through Zuckerberg's initiative. Um, Martin Kampman, uh, Associate Professor at UCSF, Jason Shepard, uh, Associate Professor at the University of Utah, and Deborah Marks, Associate Professor at Harvard Medical School. Um, they are responding to um, what they have found to be on social media platforms, the emergence of um, mistrust, distrust, and specifically the amplification of misinformation and incendiary content. Um, I wanted to start with Jason, who was one of three co-authors of a letter to Mark Zuckerberg and to Priscilla Chan, uh, directors of the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. You have at this point read the response from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative to your concerns. What, what so far is your reaction to um, their response to your concerns? Uh, yeah, thanks for having us, Alexander. Um, we, you know, we, we um, set out to uh, send this letter to Mark Zuckerberg as CEO of Facebook, uh, partly because, of course, um, we, we are concerned citizens, but as scientists, uh, we are mostly concerned about misinformation and um, the use of social media for, for, for spreading deliberate misinformation. But we also are proud of um, being funded by the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative because we totally believe in the mission, which is to build a more inclusive, just and healthy future for everyone. And so we thought, you know, it, things had come to head that Facebook policies were in direct conflict with that mission. Uh, and so we, and, and actually Martin was the one that initiated discussion about this and we now have uh, almost 300 signatures on on the letter uh, that we sent to Mark. Um, so first, the first thing is that, you know, it's, it's glad, um, we're glad that they responded, that they have heard us, that they are clearly listening. Um, this response uh, does not have any specific changes or promises of, of action as of yet. Um, and so we don't know if there will be in response to our letter. Uh, and we also note that Mark uh, signed this letter as the co-founder and CEO of, of, of the CZI rather than Facebook. So we have not received an official response from Facebook. Um, and, and so we're, right now we're still trying to figure out um, as a group how to respond and whether to respond uh, to the concerns. And, you know, one, one um, uh, criticism of the letter that we've received so far is that we did not include any specific action items. And so that's something that we will discuss. But we thought that it wasn't really our job to tell Mark Zuckerberg how to run his company. But we want to say that um, as CZI, we, you know, members that, that we were deeply concerned about their policies. 
Let me direct this follow-up to Martin, uh, Martin Kampman, uh, one of your colleagues on the letter. Martin, part of the premise of your letter is you want Facebook to abide by the community standards it purportedly espouses and upholds. And that that's not, not only is it is what's happening on Facebook inconsistent with the scientific method and the intellectual honesty that you, Deborah, and Jason share along with your co-signers, but they have set some principles and they have not been deliberate in ensuring that their business model is compatible with those principles for community standards. Absolutely, Alexander. I think in our letter, we are raising two issues that are both important. Uh, we have seen that Facebook has some uh, policies, as you pointed out, that have not been evenly applied. Um, for example, as it, as it, it applies to, to politicians on, um, posting on Facebook. Um, on top of that, we also believe that uh, Facebook should be considering stricter and additional policies. So it's both about enforcing existing policies and really stepping up to the responsibility that Facebook has as a huge uh, social media platform, as the primary source of information for many people these days. And so I think with great power comes great responsibility. And I, I think um, we, we very much hope that Mark Zuckerberg, as Facebook CEO, will um, seriously think about how to step up to that responsibility. And that includes enforcing current policies, but also to really think through the difficult problem of how to stop the spread of misinformation and the spread of, of um, calls to violence on Facebook going forward. Deborah, I wanted to give you an opportunity to add to what Jason and Martin have said so far. Um, so I think that uh, they've really covered it. I think that we are, and that's why we say it every time, that we're so impressed with um, CZI and their mission, and that's why it was such a contrast in not either enforcing current policy or indeed stepping up to the current situation that this country finds itself in, specifically, but probably the world too. But, uh, you know, you just think about the number of people that Facebook reaches, it's a massive responsibility. And uh, given the sentiments expressed in the reply, um, we can imagine that um, Mark Zuckerberg as CEO of Facebook and the colleagues there that need to, uh, you know, uh, mitigate this, they will rise to the uh, occasion and actually enforce policies that are pro-democratic and pro-social justice and um, really enforce the sort of, you know, the mission of CZI itself, if you like. Um, it's, otherwise, it's a little bit like um, the left hand and the right hand, right? <laughs> exactly, right. I mean, I think that has been the critical analysis of the Facebook experiment. And, and this was not the case of Facebook um, pre-2016. And, and perhaps, you know, this was not the Facebook of its earlier incarnation, which could be defined as pro-social and so when you have pro-social science that is pit, pitted against the anti-social, uncivil um, injustice of, of uh, 
the Facebook of today, it, it is hard to rationalize. You on Twitter surveyed some of your followers and asked the question, CZI-funded scientists are calling for Facebook to stand up for racial justice and against hate, and you're asking openly, should we give up? Should we carry on asking? Should we go into hiding? Um, in, in that environment, uh, you so far you've stood up honorably and decently for information integrity and for justice, racial justice. Um, so in envisioning a Facebook response that is not just sentimental, but that is action-oriented, um, your, your colleague, Jason, said you were, you were perhaps uh, noted for not specific tangible goals or outcomes, uh, but what would give you the confidence outside of the sentiments in the letter, in, in real action, uh, Deborah, that, that they get it and that they are not going to be, Facebook and Zuckerberg and company are not going to be exploited for the purposes of misinformation or cyber warfare and the, the efforts underway, even as we record this, to divide the American public over race, over religion, uh, and to use Facebook as a vehicle for, for, for the most um, intensive um, cultural division that we have seen since 1968 or maybe since the Civil War. So uh, what tangibly can you do to not give up, to carry on asking, and, and to see some deliverables from them? Since you asked me, I will reply. But I want to say, first of all, that um, we, the three of us, are today speaking our own minds um, very much um, and not, but we, we really want to involve the whole CZI community, the other grantees, the people who signed the letter and the employees and the biohub in exactly what the response will be. Um, we're not going to, at this stage um, today, make specific demands because this is something that has to come out of the community and not from us. Um, and, and the other detail of that that Jason alluded to um, is that, of course, you know, um, there may be this, the specific and specific, right? So there may be some things that we as a community will ask, right? And I expect there will be. Uh, that doesn't mean we will tell them exactly how to enact it, but, you know, there's a difference. Um, and so I think that some of the things are pretty obvious that need stepping up to, even other organizations have done. But we will wait to see what the community says in terms of the specific asks. Jason um, and Martin, you might want to add to that. Jason? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you know, one way to see this is as a, perhaps at a philosophical level where the current stance of Facebook and many social media platforms is that they're neutral, right? That they're, they're not their job is not to police content um, and people can then f feel free to use their platforms uh, have they want. And, you know, if, but if the stance is to say, but um, we realize that we have incredible power and influence uh, over spreading information to the world. And I think again, all social media platforms are grappling with this, including Twitter and, 
other huge um, platforms, then, it, then the philosophy has to become, well, do we want to use, do we want to make a, a, a statement in the world where we can use this platform for mostly good? Um, it's not their job to police, police uh, content per se, but there are certain, certainly easy uh, things that, or, or policies that they can uh, enact that, um, that would make I, I feel the world a better place. And, and you're see, starting to see that because there's a lot of pressure now um, from all the users, almost every user, um, that, that, that they want to be able to trust information uh, coming from these sources now. Uh, Martin, one of the factors here is that the particular incendiary comment that is referenced in your letter that you co-signed with over 200 other folks is the president of the United States and his comments on this platform. Um, of course, we've seen a whole wave of disinformation, the manipulation of, of videos of Nancy Pelosi, doctoring a video of Speaker Pelosi, and then employing this as ammunition for a political message. But it's it's clear that that um, there are some fixes that can be made to uphold community standards, but there is an 800-pound thing in the room, and that is the president of the United States. And so, you know, Martin, a lot of the culture war right now is being incited by this particular person, and it, and it doesn't seem like Zuckerberg. Uh, in, in his Facebook or, or even human capacity believes that that that, that bigotry um, should, should be uh, um, at all censored. Um, and so it's, it's not easy to pursue the cause of, of justice when you have the, the national leader of your country in which this corporation is based and these decisions about regulation may or may not move forward when it is he who, Donald Trump, who is, who is often inciting comments and, and uh, proliferating disinformation on the platform. So, I mean, is, isn't that a, a very specific concern, Martin, that would have to be addressed in order for the sum of your letter to be addressed? Thanks, that's a great question, Alexander. And I think the first thing I would say is, our letter is not about Trump. Our letter is not political or partisan. Our letter is about our values as scientists, which are about truth and, and uh, which are about not spreading misinformation and certainly as humans also not spreading calls to violence. Um, now, I think as you pointed out, um, the, the issue of uh, spread of misinformation at Facebook is an issue that has not just arisen last week. It's an older issue. And so certainly I, I can only speak for myself personally. When I first reached out to my friends and colleagues in the CZI community, I was certainly uh, shocked by uh, President Trump's uh, language. Uh, I think uh, spreading such language and such calls can have real life consequences that we're seeing uh, in, in the violence in this country. And uh, certainly you could say that for me personally, that was maybe the straw that break, broke the camel's back in terms of why I started to reach out now and why I think so many people who I 
who I reached out to uh, uh, were immediately on board and, and even told me that they had already uh, considered similar steps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think uh, this is a very important moment in time. And I think, um, however, the, the issue as a whole is, goes beyond President Trump. This is bigger than Trump. This is about how we deal with information in times where social media, I think, have a huge responsibility to that, that they certainly Facebook has not really embraced at this point, I think. Jason, I want to give you a chance to respond to this and, and uh, connect it to the science that you and your colleagues are undertaking. But I've analogized uh, on our PBS program the uh, Facebook as carcinogens of the mind, uh, at least in its sort of devolved state, right? And so you have this universe in which Zuckerberg wants to operate to be a generous benefactor for scientific literacy. And the one area where Facebook seemed perhaps intent on putting its foot down wasn't racism or bigotry. It was, you know, you can drink bleach to cure COVID. And um, there seemed to be more receptiveness on the part of of Zuckerberg, perhaps because of his own background and interests in science, um, to say, you know, that is not going to be an allowable uh, content or something that you can advertise on Facebook. But, but, but um, in your own scientific pursuit, isn't it, isn't it most troubling that, you know, you can sort of operate as a philanthropist um, in one part of your life and, you know, in the other part of your life, you know, operate sort of as the perpetuator, the, the, the cause of uh of a lot of disharmony and, and dysfunction. So going, going back to that pro-social and anti-social piece, I mean, you know, we, we, we know that in the cases of like a BP oil spill that executives will support a response that is, that is in kind, that is environmental supporting communities that were devastated by oil uh, hurting wildlife or killing animals. Um, it does. It does seem to me like um, there, there is a disconnect between Zuckerberg and and his philanthropy, and not understanding the harm that he's causing right now. And I just wanted you to weigh in on this, and, and perhaps tell our listeners, you know, what some of the pro-social good is that that you and your colleagues are doing with the initiative. Yeah, I mean, I guess the first thing I'll say is that I, I totally agree with, agree with Martin that this is. The intent of the letter was not to be political. And of course, we called out one particular individual. Um, but my personal uh, crusade, as you will, is definitely still misinformation. Uh, in fact, I wrote a, an article uh, in Medium that got something like 2 million views, uh, trying to debunk a lot of the conspiracy theories and misinformation on, on the COVID pandemic. And that actually came out of uh, discussions that I had on Facebook, where I was continuously asked about specific, um, you know, points that that uh, seemed wrong or wanted wanted clarification. So I think there's there's a real need and hunger for legitimate sources of information that come from scientific experts. And um, you know, I think there's there's really a, a war on in information at this point, and part of that has come from the government uh, or government immense that use uh, social media for these kinds of um, uh, agendas. 
uh, in terms of our own science, uh, so all three of us are, are uh, funded uh, by CZI to investigate neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's. Uh, we, we all come in from different um, scientific backgrounds. Uh, and of course, you know, so these are, are huge societal issues uh, Alzheimer's is, is, is soon to be probably the leading um, form of disability in, in the United States as the population ages. So these are, these are actually the real problems that we would love to be concentrating on right now um, rather than the spread of mis misinformation. But I think the, the COVID pandemic has really highlighted even more than anything else how powerful uh, these platforms are like social media, uh, like Facebook, where um, small, uh, small conspiracy theories can get amplified to the point where people are doing harmful things to themselves, like drinking bleach. And, I'm wondering, in the minutes yeah. we have left, Deborah and Martin, is there anything applicable in the neuroscience and in the areas that you're focused on um, that could be helpful in, in guiding not just Zuckerberg's decisions on Facebook, but how we respond to the stimuli of Facebook and, and how we can ensure that it betters our health. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Deborah, I hear you. Yeah, I think that all three of us, and actually all the signatories would want to say something to that. <laughs> so I feel selfish butting in here, but I think that, you know, I'm a computational biologist, and one of the things that CZI did when they made the announcement for this particular award that three of us are in, they actually asked people who hadn't been involved in it before, but might have some kind of insight or something different to add to solving these problems. Now, in the computational world, we are very much the world of open data, open tools that we make for the community. So people can interpret these genome sequences. They can look at this COVID thing that's changing and say, well, what does that mean if this changes to that? Is that gonna be important for a vaccine or not? And so I think everybody here in their own way is playing a part even in the COVID thing, but also as it relates to science generally and real health issues like the endemic of um, uh, neurodegenerative disease. Martin, I yeah, want to... Yes, please, Martin. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I would add that, uh, you know, as scientists, we think a lot about how um, information is vetted, how we falsify test hypotheses. And so I would say the problem that Mark Zuckerberg and other social media are facing is not a trivial problem to balance the, free, the need for free speech, uh, you know, while not spreading uh, misinformation. So you know, I, I think I speak for myself, but probably also many others by saying, if Mark Zuckerberg wants to reach out to us to have a conversation about our thoughts for, for that process and that finding solutions, we'd as scientists who think about truth and facts all the time would, I think, be more than happy to have oh, that wow. conversation and try to contribute our perspectives. Yeah, totally. Totally, we all agree. <laughs> you And do you all agree, uh, just on this closing point, that you know, I don't know if you agree with the analogy that I presented before, but I think in order for Facebook to change um, or maybe even to reform to where it was in years past, th there does have to be not just like the mea culpa um, of I'm sorry people got fed memes that 
the, the election had been postponed or canceled in 2016. I mean, that's what we were dealing with, dealing mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. misinformation, disinformation programmed to lower income, lower educated communities saying um, the election was postponed or you can text message your vote. We're going to encounter this whole wave again. And so I don't know if you see it this way, but I just want to give you a chance to close on this. It, you know, I mentioned BP and the oil spill, but the other thing that has come to mind in the history of American corporate life is tobacco. And um, what the, the result was, was in, in this, you know, for our lungs, uh, not our minds, but a kind of carcinogens and death and a cover up of that fact and, and, a, and an obstinance in um, even presented with the scientific evidence refusing to accept the negative societal ramifications and human health ramifications. So, I mean, I'm just opening this as a, as a question, you know, there needs to be some kind of seismic reevaluation or at least a seismic um, recognition that, you know, the, that already there has been harm caused. And so it's about rectifying it and, and um, redeveloping it in a way that's going to be healthy for society. I mean, I'm just wondering if any of you kind of see it in that same light. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that, that met that point is met the major reason why a lot of us signed this letter is uh, on the one hand, the CZI mission is to improve society and they're doing great things um, with that funding um, on the other, but then on the other hand, Facebook is sort of amplifying uh, various, uh, you know, situations where that can cause harm. And so you're right, there is a disconnect and we, we as scientists are feeling quite conflicted about it. Uh, you see some people, asking us to give up that money, for example. Um, and, you know, I, so I think, no, I don't think any one of us feels that that's the way to go, but you're right. I think there's this obvious conflict between the two missions. Well, I want to thank you all for your pursuit of information integrity of not just in your day job, scientific literacy and developing science that will uh, preserve quality of life for, for Americans, um, but for your, and for citizens of the world, of course, um, as I know, we are, we are ourselves a diverse constituency. Um, but thank you for your, for your efforts to uphold Mark Zuckerberg accountable for the same level of intellectual integrity on his platform as, as, he would for his foundation's pursuits and the initiative's scientific endeavors. Uh, so Deborah Marks, Jason Shepard, Martin Kempman, thank you for your time today. And I, I wish you continued um, passion and um, fortune and with, with your efforts to ensure that uh, Facebook as well as your academic spaces are uh, governed by those policies of information integrity and honesty. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Alexander. I appreciate it.